We have got guidelines that are very clear. If you are not happy with anything, you can appeal. And we've put together any three members into groups who must handle their appeals. On Friday, there's a briefing for all of them. They will start going to the provinces to hear those who are actually complaining. So um, we are uh, on the line to the provincial, to the national conference. Something that has never been debated before but seemingly seems to be a big issue now is the issue of the presidents. Should the deputy president necessarily become the president or should they contest? No, anybody should be contested if they want to contest. All we are saying is that a 105-year-old organization cannot leave succession to be a free-for-all. It must manage succession. Uh, it's an issue where we are very weak at. And my own view is that if we decided, we discussed succession properly, you cannot talk of the DP as a natural successor, but when you elect a deputy president, you have succession in mind. If you are neglecting that a plan that you had five years ago, there must be some explanation of sort. Uh, otherwise, you are going to confuse the organization. Why should it be called an elective conference when it should be, I wouldn't want to say automatic, but when it should be expected that whoever was a, a number two should now become number one? You know, I don't know if you remember that when Trump was elected a president, it was never contested. When Mandela was elected, it was never contested. When Tabombeg was elected, it was never contested. Um, this thing of contesting and, and leave succession to be free for all is a new subculture in the organization because the answers always manage this succession in a particular way. And that is what is collapsing now. Given what happened in Polokwane in 2007 and in Mangaung in 2020... That's where it all started. Was the beginning of this subculture of elections being left to the, to the vices of individuals. Why wasn't that uh, properly managed? It is because when you resist a succession, for example, I will tell people that every time we resist a succession, you have a disaster. In 1980, uh, Josiah Gomez was kicked out of office and picked and elected out of the hatred of the introduction of past uh, content of the political discussion in the and that process of discussion and intellectual as it was, was a disaster. Again, there was a free for all in 1949. Uh, Dr. Kumar was brought in. Dr. Morocco left the span right in the field and walked away. Uh, since then, succession has been managed until Pulguan. Pulguan. When succession was supposed to be managed, the man in charge resisted it. The result was a disaster. And then in Manaum, there was an attempt to conduct election prematurely. The result was a disaster. And all we're saying is that an 105-year-old organization must manage the succession. Talking about the 1949 conference, was there a policy decision then that uh, whoever becomes the deputy president should then be supported to become the president. I don't know. Uh, I have seen that circulated, uh, but there was no deputy president in 1949. Moreover, no deputy president. There was president general and there were provincial presidents. In 1952, 
when uh, was elected, there was no deputy president. The president was elected for the first time in 1958 uh, when Oliver Tam was elected deputy president to, Dr. to Chief Albert Lutuli. And when Tam was confirmed president in 1959, there was no deputy. When he was reconfirmed in 1985 in Cabo, there was no deputy. So this theory of a deputy uh, and a tradition uh, is a flawed argument. What is more cogent to me is the ability of an organization as old as ours to discuss and debate and manage succession. We are not doing that. Are you concerned about the number of candidates? No, I'm no longer concerned. Nomination has started now. Uh, Brexit will reduce that number. Are we going to see the same complaints that have repeated themselves in the previous conferences? Provincial leaders don't nominate. They consulted nominations of branches. And so when a province pronounces what it prefers, uh, I regard that as an attempt to influence. It's not a nomination. But they do that, don't they? It's an, it's an anomaly. It's, it's not a nomination. It is an influence. And that's uh, a contravention of the rules? I don't know if there's a contravention of the rule for people to, to speak, but it is not a nomination. It's an attempt to influence. Do you have fear that things might get out of hand, as we have seen in East London, for example? No, the real problem is that no individual runs the content of the NC the big structure called the National Executive Committee that runs that structure and therefore that structure has the capacity to manage difficulties. Any Congress can have difficulties but it must just manage. ANC has always prided itself with being the first in terms of gender equality, even during the time when the, the, the organization was still banned in the country many years ago. Are you concerned that the question of patriarchy might somehow be finding its way back in? No, I don't think it will have a space in the ANC, uh, except that sometimes the word patriarchy is used to uh, to silence people. Actually, I don't know if you remember that in 1991 the debate was that at least 32% of the elected fathers should be women. That went through. Further down, it was increased to 50%. That is the progress made. That is a conscious exercise in the industry, in parliament, in structures of the organization, everywhere. So I don't think you protect your space in the industry. The issue of generational mix has been spoken about for some time now. Uh, in as much as you see younger leaders coming in, and some of them even appointed in senior positions like ministerial positions, but are you concerned that uh, your opposition, for example, will have younger leaders, whereas the party would have older generation in leadership yes, positions? The reason for that is simple. The ANC is under five years old. There's many generations. A three-year-old party will not have generations. The three-year-old, the party itself is three-year-old. Uh, so that does not reflect consciousness. It reflects the age of the party. Because in the ANC, we don't have that being of all uh, the activists. They must bring the wisdom. The younger ones must bring the energy. What's your reaction to the call by some provincial leaders that the deputy president was never ready? Now, that is, a, that is mischievous. You don't elect a person to be deputy president 
and uh, five years down the line, so he's not ready to start mischief. Do you have any particular preference? No, no, I have no preference. I want the ANC to manage this as well properly. That's all I prefer. That's my preference. How should we understand you by saying that the ANC must explain itself if they do not elect a deputy president? You put a person as a deputy president, he works. Uh, the assumption is that he's understanding the sitting president. Okay. Now, if you say he is not fit for being a president, the magistrate is going to say he has the following witnesses. He failed to do X. Uh, this is the reason that he can't be a president then the organization will be at peace with itself. Then you can uh, then open the, the floodgate for people to raise their hand to be president. But if an organization is respectful of president, like a, a, a deputy president, that difference, the assumption is that he's understanding that president in the organization and in the government. If you think that is not fit enough, just give the organization an explanation. That's all I'm saying. Where do you see yourself in the mix? Uh, I see myself present in the NSC if branches nominate me. And that's it? After I see myself present in the NSC. Uh, I will not be Secretary General. That one is a short, short, short decision. A deputy president, I, perhaps? I can't afford. I can't be a deputy president either. I will not uh, be a deputy president. Are we likely to see the ANC coming back united? There are suggestions at the moment that there would be more fragmentation. The party is more polarized than ever before. Am I right? No. Uh, anybody who says that didn't experience the lead up to Pulogwan, uh, where there was a real, real uh, fragmentation of the organization. And uh, a lot of work has been done to pull things together. And what you cannot stop in a democracy is ambitions of people. If I, I dreamt of being a president, I'm disappointed. I want to open my own party up and everywhere. You see, in Zambia, there were 42. In, 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 in Tanzania, there were 42 candidates for presidency. And two of them were former prime ministers of the country. When they were not nominated president, they went to the opposition benches. It happens everywhere. That is the character of a maturing democracy. Your diagnostic report just before the policy conferences suggested that you are very concerned at the way the party goes now. What, in your view, should be an ideal situation how the party should renew itself and how the unity of the party should be rebuilt? The unity of the party is not a, a theoretical matter. It's a practical issue. When people appreciate that, a personal interest must never must be subjected to organizational interest. But once personal interest and material interest take over, then the organization is, is, is at risk. And that is uh, what is happening. If we can begin to appreciate the fact that the organization must be supreme. Uh, as Gwede Mandasa, I must actually be in a position to be told whether you can't stand as a president, they must comply. Then that organization appreciates the beauty of democratic centralism 
and the authority of the organization over individuals. There had been calls for the president to step down, even some within the ANC itself, and the alliance partners, Dr. Blayton Zimande, for example, said that uh, President Mbeki was recalled for, in his view, much lesser accusations than the president now. The problem is that people have some uh, skewed view about what a secretary is. They think he can employ and fire presidents. The secretary doesn't have that authority. I don't hire and fire president. Just decide. And one of the issues that many people don't understand is that it's the first time that there's a call for the president of the ANC to step down. And many people don't understand that in, 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 19, in the 57 National Conference, a resolution was the president of the ANC is the president of, of the republic. That's our candidate for the president of the republic. That complicates that spirit, and therefore, when comparing apples and pears, insisting of comparing the situation now and, and what happened in 2009. But are you concerned about the accusations leveled against the president now? I'm accused about anything that dents the image of the ANC and the, and dents and harm the brand ANC. And how do you rectify that? The ANC itself must engage in those issues. Those debates are ongoing in the industry. That's why even the point I mean of a president stepping down was debated twice in the NC. And made, the NC made a political determination. And the ability to discuss those things is itself a formula for rectification. What's going to happen to provinces that have not as yet had their provincial conferences, including the hanging matter in Northern Cape, KZN, and in Eastern Cape? A new tendency that is growing, generally in the conversation, is that we go to a regional conference, if my section doesn't win, we challenge that we go to court and all those things. It happens every time. It reflects the effect of material benefits that go with being a leader. Uh, and therefore, election to leadership position become life and death issues. Whether they are transgressions or no transgressions, you go to court. For example, we must talk about case at 10 case. The case and case case on irregularities. The gentleman said, they're not material. It actually gave the verdict on the basis of a clause in the Constitution, which is being challenged because we think that the court misdirected us in that judgment. I, I normally don't want to run ahead of myself. Do you as the ANC have enough internal processes to satisfy everybody to prevent people from going to courts? That's why out of every 15 cases that go to court, we lose one. It's because our processes are thorough and, and very detailed.